again, Dr. Gaylove, back with you here um, to close out this understanding stress lesson. I'm going to answer some of the questions that I get most often related to what we've discussed here. These are just some common questions. I encourage you to use that question submission form that's in the portal and submit your own questions so that I can answer it in office hours. Remember that even if you can't attend live, your question will be answered and we will send you um, the timestamp notification so that you'll know right where to go to see how your question was answered. And, you know, if you know you're going to be there live, make sure you tick that box because sometimes I will open mic and create kind of a love seat so we can talk about it and dialogue about it because that can be really helpful for um, other people who um, are watching and um, and maybe didn't even know to ask a question along those lines. So the first question here, how do I determine whether it's eustress or distress? So as we talked about in the lesson, eustress is the good stress, but eustress often turns to distress. So think about um, running if you're a, a runner, <laughs> if you're not a runner, think about walking. Okay. So that's maybe a better example because way less of us are runners. I, I was a runner when I was quite young, but, uh, but no longer to run, but let's just say I'm going to go out and I'm going to walk on the beach. And I just love walking on the beach. A hundred percent use stress for me. The only way that uh, walking on the beach is not a, a eustress experience for me as if the wind is really howling or if it's super cold. Otherwise, 100% eustress. But if uh, that lion started chasing me down the beach and I had to take off running, um, let's just say that there really wasn't even a lion, but, but I wanted to go from walking to running. I wouldn't run very far and it would turn into distress because my body's not accustomed to running. Some people, runners who've accustomed their bodies to running, they can go take off and run for five miles and they feel eustress the whole time, you know, really energized. That would not be the case for me. So it's really important. I'm going to um, talk to you over and over again in these lessons about becoming self-aware. You will see the signs. You will know in your own body when it's too much, when it's gone from you stress to distress. And, and so that is um, not a question I can answer for you. Um, you are going to have to answer that question for yourself using the tools and techniques that we're going to develop. Um, throughout this MOLT method program. Why does my nervous system assume I'm being chased by a lion? It's doing its job, right? Like that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to keep us safe. And so um, with any sort of threatening situation, our nervous system says, okay, I'm going to turn off 
everything I possibly can so that I free up resources to be able to um, run from the perceived lion. You may have heard stories about um, someone lifting a car off of um, somebody or, or um, doing some really heroic act that would not normally be possible with just our normal human capabilities. And that is the stress response kicking in, freeing up resources and making us essentially superhuman for a short period of time. Obviously, we can't sustain that, but, um, but when we need it, we're glad we need it. <laughs> that I'll say that differently. When we need it, we're glad we've got it. How do I shift my focus from fear to love? So we're going to um, develop some tools to help us do this gently. Um, I would not um, force yourself to go from fear to love. When you are in fear, there's a reason for that. And you need to acknowledge why you're feeling fear and then soothe yourself into a um, softer feeling moving towards love. And so we'll talk more about some ways that we can do that. But the easiest way to do that is to not force it and to just acknowledge that you're in fear and that it makes sense. Um, and, you know, even if it's um, a psychotherapist that we work with calls it transrational, meaning it just doesn't make sense, but, but it is happening, meaning that's on some level it's rational, but it's beyond rational, transrational. And so when we feel fear and we acknowledge that we're feeling fear, it is what it is. You're, you're not going to be able to tell yourself you're not feeling fear. You are. And so you have to acknowledge it. And then once you've acknowledged it and you say, you know, it makes sense. I mean, something's going on here that we're perceiving as a threat. Now we can say, okay, um, do I feel heard? Do I feel comfortable enough where I can let my guard down a little bit, soothe myself and move into a different um, emotional state. When does stress escalate to toxicity? Well, stress goes from, typically goes from eustress to distress to toxic stress. And so um, a lot of times there's a fine line between those different types of stress. And so we want to catch it at the first early signs because it's easier to reverse course. I will say something like a traumatic event that's, you know, distress from the get go and will turn toxic if you don't have help processing that and um, helping your body, your nervous system, your brain file that memory appropriately, fairly quickly. Um, if you're still experiencing the after effects of a traumatic event months later, then you need help um, working through that. Does stress result in weight gain? Absolutely. Um, this is, 
100% correlated to a cortisol spike. And you may have heard that um, one of the issues related to adrenal fatigue and insulin resistance is our cortisol um, response being out of whack, essentially. So stress definitely contributes to this. And a lot of people find that when they just leave a really stressful situation without changing anything else, weight will just naturally fall off. Um, and so um, if we don't <laughs> have the ability to make really significant changes that would uh, eliminate a massive load of stress, then we've got to um, create that additional resilience using some other methods that I'm going to recommend as we move through here. How do I break the program created by a traumatic event? So I would normally recommend that if you are still dealing with the traumatic event, you know it's um, creating ongoing issues for you, I would seek professional help typically some sort of psychotherapist that does um, some trauma release therapy. There are several types of uh, therapy that are commonly used and, um, and that's really beyond the scope of this program other than to say that you are not imagining it. And if you are dealing with um, essentially PTSD in some form, it's really important that you get help. How common is stress? Well, I think you saw some of the statistics that I shared with you, but in our world, high achieving, overachieving superwomen, stress is rampant. <laughs> and so it's really just not something that you can minimize. All you can do is accept it. It is part of life. We wouldn't want it any other way. We're going to learn to manage, even master it. How do you communicate about stress with loved ones? So one of the things that often causes a stress is overcommitting in our lives. And we tend to overcommit with loved ones and tell them we'll take care of something. They can count on us. You know, we're um, um, taking on things that we should not really be taking on ourselves. They aren't ours to do. We should be um, having everybody step up and do their part. And so when we start talking about stress with loved ones and explaining to them that we are trying to lighten our stress load, and that means that they need to pick up some slack, it can sometimes be a little challenging. So I do understand that this could be um, a problem in your world. And, um, and so we will accumulate more information about stress. And, um, and again, if you've really got issues with your close um, members of your family that are um, really 
challenging you. Again, I recommend that you seek professional help um, to work with and deal with codependence and to, um, and to learn to uh, communicate mindfully. Um, what tends to happen is we internalize things to the point where we just blow a gasket, <laughs> the top blows off and we get really angry and then nothing good is going to come from that typically. Um, so we want to be able to establish really healthy ways of communicating our feelings and, um, and uh, a psychotherapist can definitely help you with that. We'll talk a little bit about that as we move through this program. And certainly if you want to share something that you're experiencing and get my ideas about how you might work with that, please submit a question and, and I'll see if I can help you or if I really think that this is something that you need to get some outside help to deal with. Okay, that's the end of our questions here for this um, Understanding Stress lesson. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one.